7-11. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Spicy PL Pod. This is episode 11, here with Big Peachy Boy what and up? Big Joe Cap. Yo. And I am Big Babble. So we're going to start this out with uh, little errors and omissions from last week. Yeah, we fucked up a little bit. Yeah, we're kind of morons. It wasn't you guys that bad. Haven't found out, but I mean, with Julius Maddox, we talked about the misload, and we were talking a lot of shit about it, and we had said that there was an extra plate, an extra twenty-five on, but they're actually was, missing one. Yeah, they were missing one. So that makes a lot more sense because if you got somebody benching like whatever three hundred five, and then you go to three. 62, 363, whatever it is. I right? think there are a bunch of guys in front one. of him attempting 705, so they had the blue on, you know, oh, blue, black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then, yeah, I could see how some guy would take the blue off and, like, in what planet do you add a red when people are benching seven already? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That makes so sense, then he yeah. just threw on the yellow and the black, like, let's get yeah. this thing going. Well, I'm not cutting the spotters and loaders any slack. No, but. I'm just saying, like, I could see how it happened. I mean, we misload each other all the time down here. Yeah, but it's usually like from too heavy to too light. Like you're trying to squat like 495 pounds, and you end up getting like you know six plates on one side and five. No, it's other. like <laughs> when you ask Lou or Tony to load your side, load their side, and they don't. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's not for. We've never misloaded a world record though. No, no, I mean it has no, to be no. checked, calibrated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even a downstairs world record Ca- here, we wouldn't fuck up. Like Cass, that. Cass has to be you know checking the bar and everything. So yeah. Yeah, man. And then, um, you know, my boy, Martin Wong from Canada, he uh, let us know that the guy who did the, the Bench Daddy shirt world record, the, the 11 The Super Bison. The Super Bison. Uh, that guy's name is Will Barati. I don't even know if we had it right or not. Maybe you guys did. No, we got it right. Okay. But he's, uh, we said we never fucking heard of this guy ever. And, and apparently- a fact. Yeah, that was a fact. But apparently he's he's been benching 900 plus in multiply- in Canada for a while. And my boy Martin Wong is going to vouch for him. Then, uh, you know, we got to give, give Will Barati a, a fairer shot than what we gave him. So. Yeah. So shout outs to Will. Yeah. Still dude. A- nice <laughs> bench, dude. Nice yeah. bench. I mean, I like we, it. We, we talked highly of it. I believe. I mean, we are like, holy shit. Yeah. And, and just while we're here, like, yo, what up? Marwin from Berlin, kind regards to you as well, sir. Um, the Mets fan, 861. Two out of three of us are sad-ass Mets fans, so what up? <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of comments this week, which is good. And then Mort- Morton Middlethon, you know, you hit us up anytime you want. Cheers, yeah. buddy. Cheers, bad. It, Cheers, yeah, man. he he was pretty sad about uh, the U.S. announcement that me, well, the three of us aren't going to be there. We would have been there, but we won't. So he was pretty bummed about last week's episode. So cheers to you, Morton. Yeah. We ran out of beers. Yeah. So All this right. week, um, we we're trying to think of some some interesting stuff to talk about. Not a whole lot has happened in the powerlifting world. A lot of times we do like current events and break stuff down. So this week we um we want to talk a little bit now that everything's canceled about, you know, what we're doing, what's next for us and um and like how we're staying motivated. So I guess I'd just start out with myself. I, I had a mm. couple meets canceled and uh, one of them being nationals. So I'm just t- going to test. I was going to, um, 
I was going to do this training cycle leading into nationals, but I, I was starting to peak. So I'm just going to follow the peak and I'm going to test tomorrow. And then after that, I'm going to take a little bit of time to heal, maybe go light for a week or two, heal my injuries, all my, all my, you know, banged up joints. And then I'm going to start a new training cycle. Um, thinking about probably doing an equip meet in early 2021, maybe. So that'd be sick. Yeah. So yeah, you, you, you got a lot weighing on you today, man. I could, I could tell, you know, that the raw test tomorrow, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot. You're stressed. <laughs> I'm not stressed at all, man. What are you yeah, talking about? Just, we're making, just drink some more beers and you'll be fine. Yeah. We're making you pasta for tonight. So yeah. Uh, what are you doing, Peachy? What are you um, doing? Because I know you were originally planning on doing nationals. It was going to be in Vegas. It was going to be like your bachelor party, and it was going to be awesome, man. I w- and then when they canceled it, I kind of got the wind taken out of my sails a little bit. Um, and the fact that it was going to be, you know, after my wedding and stuff, and uh, you know, so I was kind of more going down to nationals in Florida to help out you guys and hang out with everybody and stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, now I'm going to be focusing a little bit more on just losing a little bit of weight, getting in better shape, trying to focus more on, like, you know, stuff I wouldn't normally do, and uh, training, trying out some new training ideas. Uh, I think I got a good idea of something that I want to really try over, like, you know, four months or so, so I kind of have a good idea of what I'm going to be doing with that. And, uh, you know, I'll, pr- I'll do a meet you know, when one is available and it makes sense for me to do one. So don't have any immediate plans for meets, but yeah. you know, if it makes sense, I'll, I'll start it. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, it is a good time to experiment and that's one thing in gear. It seems like you do need to play around with things and dial things in. And if you're under the stress of a meat prep, you usually just go with what works or what a coach tells you to do. So if you've got some time to play around, it's probably worth it. So that makes sense for sure. Yeah. And I think I'm going to cut a little bit too. This, um, I was, <laughs> I was going to compete at one Oh five and I'm like five keys at heavy and, uh, got a little sludge going on. So I, I might, I might also got a little liver, liver pains. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel so good. <laughs> We're not sure if it's liver pains or from your, from your belt that you outgrew, but we don't, we don't know. Yeah. I got some weird internal pains. It, it could be, you know, my liver or could just be a strain. I felt. I started feeling know. it. It I could be getting back it. in gear too. Yeah, I started yeah. feeling it after a really heavy wagon wheel deadlift. So maybe I strained something. It was also I started feeling it the day after your wedding. So that could have been alcohol, alcohol. my liver, <laughs> and then it also like coincided with me getting a brand new SBD belt that has a little bit extra, that uh, extra material that presses into your side. So mm. who knows? But we'll see what happens. I'm gonna try to lose a little weight and see if it helps. Yeah, I think if you if you lost like five or ten keys, you'd probably feel way better. So yeah. that's probably it. Yeah. Way better. Yeah, I think everything would start working better when you start yeah. gaining a lot of weight. Stuff doesn't work like it used to work. You know. <laughs> I, mean, I told you guys. I told you guys. Man. That's something I didn't believe that was actually true until I got over like two twenty, and then I was like, "Fuck." I mean, yeah. it works, but it just you know. Yeah. I everything mean, works fine. Yeah. Under 400. For Under me. 400. <laughs> you know, everything once, works great. Once you pass the 400 threshold. Yeah. yeah, but I, you know, words of caution to those super heavyweights out there. And everybody's different, you know. 
Anyway, so Joe, what are your plans now that everything's canceled? <sighs> Dude, it's crazy, man. I, I think we talked about this, like how I'm addicted to competing. <clears throat> so it's kind of like a good thing. I'm kind of, it's like, you know, there's been an intervention in my life. And so really, you can't compete. So, um, you know, I'm going to be waiting till next year to do that. Um, so I figure I'll lose a little bit of weight with you since we eat the exact same things. I just eat, you know, 20, 30% more or whatever, but we pretty much have been eating every meal together since March. So, uh, I'll do that. You know, get a little lean, um, work on our tans, you know? Um, so, you know, my hip's pretty messed up. So I think I, I just stopped training last week. I didn't train. I went for a four mile walk one night. I went for a three mile walk with your wife on a different night. Um, so I'm going to keep doing that and I'm just going to start like bodybuilding this week and see if I can get my lower body, my hip injury from last year's world specifically, which is now, you know, eight months old. See if I can get that to heal up before I start really squatting and deadlifting heavy again. That being said, I did um, hear about uh, a charity event that a lot of the USAPL lifters are putting on, specifically our people, Bryce Lewis, Natalie Hansen, and Ellis McLean out in Fort Collins in September. They're inviting a lot of top-level lifters, so you know I'm honored to be invited because I'm really probably just on the, the fringe of their list. But uh, since I'm a friendly person, I probably moved up a couple spots and got an invite. And Alex is going to come with me, obviously, because uh, you know need someone to watch when I'm eating at all times, or else I just go off the rails. <laughs> so uh, I let them know that I'd be willing to do. You know, I I, I have a feeling. Well, first of all, it's an event for charity. So they're going to be doing a lot of exhibition lifts, a lot of, you know, maybe head-to-head fun matchups, um, just like a lot of different stuff in the middle of September. And uh, I basically told them I'm willing to come out, but, you know, I I feel like it's going to be a lot of raw lifting. So I told them I want to do an equipped bench and I want to do an equipped deadlift. You know, I, I would do a full, full bore thing, but, you know, squat's just not really in the cards for me right now. So I plan on doing that. You know, I'll probably train pretty conservatively for it, but I think it'll be fun. My deadlift's been going well, so I'll just, like, throw on a suit, protect my hip, get that thing going. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. I, I don't – it seems like it's going to be, like, a little mini Arnold or something. Like, it's not just for USAPL lifters. It's for everybody. Yeah, really? So, Do you know any, any big names that are going to be there? Or? No, but, you know, in the email specifically, it mentions, like, Steffi Cohen um, – so I'm assuming they, they think she'll be there. And then I think after that, you know, um, um, Meg squats, Meg squats. Yeah. Okay. Meg, I'm a friend of hers. So like, that's good that they'll be there, but that makes me, you know, obviously Meg's USAPL, but Steffi's not, which is not a problem. I'm a big fan of hers as well, but it makes me think that, you know, maybe Ed Cohen will be there. Maybe Mark Bell will be there. I don't know. Uh, Alice is friends with everybody. So, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Bryce is friends with everybody. They're super nice guys. They're unlike yeah. us. We just sit here and shit on people. Yeah, I mean, they're big names. So, I mean, if it's yeah, a charity and event and they're trying to get, like, I'm sh- it's going to be streamed, I'm sure. If they're trying to get a lot of a lot of eyeballs on it, then I guess it makes sense to, you know, raise the most money. Yep. So, I mean, there, it's just not, you know, obviously there's all the social justice issues and then there's also mental health issues i know bryce is big on and national suicide prevention awareness month which i know natalie has always talked about so be a good um mix of charities something for everybody so hopefully everybody tunes in um 
But you know, it'd be interesting. I don't think I've ever been one of those guys who like specifically tries to co-mingle with people who aren't USAPL. I'm kind of just like, okay, you guys do your own thing. Like you're out there, respect it. But I, I don't want to start getting into, you know, getting shit on by dudes who are on juice because if you train with them, you're most likely not going to be as strong as them. So I've always just kind of kept my distance, but I'll see who's there. Oh, you know, there's something that's saying like Ed Cohen might do a deadlift or something. So I, I think they they have a good idea of who's going to be there. You know, I've met Ed Cohen before too. He's pretty awesome. But again, like someone asked me once, would I pay 300 bucks for an Ed Cohen seminar? I was like, nah, that's not my thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I kind of try to draw that line, but also like I'm a big fan of specific people. Like if Bama Burr's there, <laughs> I'm trying to hang out with Bama Burr. Yeah. Like any day, every day. Like huge fan. Just I, I love people with great personalities. You know, it goes a long way. Um, so yeah, I think I'm planning on doing that and then it'll be just a long break. I mean, I need to get healthy. So it's like almost a blessing in disguise for me because I'm like, I just wouldn't stop competing no matter what. I just always show up, you know? And you know, like, you know, maybe I'll lose some weight, meet some chicks, you know? It's off season. Let's just say during yeah, coronavirus, they ain't, they're, not, they're not flocking over here, man. They're not. Yeah. We didn't open the doors for anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our, our doors have been closed, you know? But they're not flocking either. You know, the DMs are cold. <laughs> Super yeah. cold. Yeah. So anyway, that, Fort Collins, it should be sick. It's going to be in September. Um, yeah, I was talking to Natalie a little bit about it. She was saying, like, she might try to get some raw lifters to try on gear, uh, to raise money and bring some extra gear. It should be fun to watch if we just yeah. have. They're going to get some gear lifters to try raw? Because I'm, I'm not, dude. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So it's good that Natalie's trying to run that, and it's going to be a mix of raw and equipped. So it should be interesting. I think Dude, that'll be good for you know. I feel that the survey you know. today, it's not even going to be just lifting. There's going to be like seminars. It's going to be like, um, so like I said, I'd talk about equipped lifting if they do like a live podcast, whatever. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. I honestly don't know how they're going to handle it. They said details are going to come out later, but like I'm down. You know, we're down. You're coming. So yeah, I think it's going to be sick. And I mean, I'm getting pretty horny right now. I might show up. Yeah. I I don't know if it's like invite only. Like, Luis was like, I want to come. Like, because we're kind of a package deal. Yeah, Yeah, we are. I'll I'll have to find out. But, like, we're going to get an Airbnb. We're going to rent a car. So, like, what's the difference anyway? You know? Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all kind of a package. So, yeah. Package deal. Package deal. Bachelor party? Fort Collins. That might be an idea. Yeah. Right. Stop stop in Vegas on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> We're basically there. Yeah, you are basically there. Basically there. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. What's what's it from there to Vegas? Another hour and a half, two hours? Probably. All right. It's a short flight. It's gonna be sick. So along with that announcement, um we're lining up guests. This week we don't have a guest, but um it was it was a hit when we had Big Mike on. Yeah, that was been our most popular episode yeah, so far. So. And Big Mike I mean it's just Big Mike. Yeah, you know, it's not like we announced it ahead of time, but <laughs> yeah. I think I think um, I think the people enjoyed that. So, and we announced that we're gonna have Bonica on in a couple weeks, but live, live, beat that. Well, I mean, the podcast isn't live, but we're gonna have her in the flesh. <laughs> on yeah, the you know what I mean? Yeah, in person. Yeah, alive. Uh yeah. This week we have no guests because like we we uh we we're on vacation for the fourth. Yep. Um, you know, we wanted we we have a lot of stuff going on, so. 
you know, we're doing the pod, but we're going to try to line up more guests. And, you know, so in two weeks, we're going to have Bonica um, with us at the pod. Um, so maybe we'll have a little different setup mm-hmm. um, because me and Bonica, you know, we pretty much would take up this whole couch because we're fucking jacked. But um, next week we actually lined up uh, Blaine Sumner. So I think in back-to-back weeks we'll have, you know, the strongest equipped powerlifter of all time being Blaine and then the strongest female powerlifter of all time being Bonica. So <clears throat> it's just getting crazy, man. Yeah. Should be good. I think we're going to cook up some real spicy stuff. Yeah. We don't want it yeah. to just be the same old, you know. Yeah, I've what, listened to a know, few podcasts. How do you get so many it. calories in? Oh, yeah, tell us about chicken the chicken shakes. shake. I don't give a shit about chicken shakes. Yeah, it's we're going to we're going to get some good shit. Yeah, so. ask him about his injuries is a big one. Um, yeah, Why we don't care about that. Time, no, like that. people don't ask him that. Yeah. People are like trying to respect him, which we do respect him, but we also like the realities of a gear gear lifter to gear lifter is like you got to talk about the ball mounts and like what was going through your mind and like get the gritty details, you know. Mhm. So we're going to find that shit out from Blaine. Yeah, Blaine wasn't always as dominant as he is now, so it'll be interesting to, to learn a little bit about you know, what he's been tweaking, what he's been doing, and the hardships he's gone through to get yeah. there. So. <clears throat> yeah, it's a monu- monumental event because, as Alex alluded to, there was a time where you know Blaine wasn't considered the strongest powerlifter of all time, at least equipped. And uh, people knew his potential. He's always a very popular guy online, but uh, he had some missteps. And we wanted to throw out a little Blaine story as an appetizer. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll just start off by like, um, 2012 Open Nationals was the first time we really like went head to head, and it was like, you know, there wasn't like the junior division and all this other stuff going on in the background. Like, we both wanted to go to Open Worlds. We were both like, 23, 24, something like that, and um. You know, Blaine uh, had just won the first ever Classic Worlds, and you know he the the week prior, and he showed up and whooped my ass. Um, so you know that was pretty demoralizing for me. I was very com- very very confident as a younger lifter. You know, I'm still confident now, but nothing like I was when I was younger. Um, 2013, everybody's like, "How are you gonna beat Blaine? How are you gonna beat Blaine?" I trained so hard, I actually hurt myself pretty bad a few times. But somehow got to the meet. Uh, my total was pretty good, but uh, Blaine bombed out on the squat, and that kind of like just started this thing. Or he got nine red lights. He just couldn't squat to depth that meet. Um, it was obvious like hit, all his lifts were larger than mine, but I was just executing. I actually went uh, eight for eight. Um, that's just quick backstory because then 2014 came along, and it was like okay, Blaine won 2012, Joe won 2013. I had a really good performance at 2013 Worlds. Where at 2012 Worlds, he didn't, you know? So I was like, you know, I should be on the world team. I'm I'm the executioner, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have the pedigree to do this. So going to 2013, we weren't really talking much. We used to talk a lot when we were younger, then we stopped. And uh, again, he bombed, out in the, he bombed out in the squat in 2014. And I had a monster total. My total went up a lot. So I was like, you know what? It's done. This shit's mine, right? So he bombs out. But as we were warming up for squat, I'm like all the way wrapped up and we share a rack a lot because there's usually not enough weight for us to both warm up to like 900 pounds, say. So I'm completely wrapped up. My handlers are getting me up, get my belt on. Blaine's 
I don't even know if Blaine knew this was going on because he's a dude. He sits far away from the rack with his headphones on, doesn't even pay attention to what's going on. His coach manages the whole time. I'm more of like a worry wart where I'm watching what's going on all the time, watching what my coaches are doing to make sure they're looking after me. So he's all the way on the side of the room. He doesn't even know what's going on, but his coach starts unloading my bar, right? So me and my whole crew are like, yo, no fucking way. Get out of here. So there's a little screaming match, but eventually like, my crew just overpowered them. And like, it didn't even affect Blaine. Blaine wasn't wrapped up. He was kind of sitting, just listening to his music. So I was, I was like just a little riled up at, at his coach. Right. So then we go out, I go three for three and he gets nine reds again on depth. And they're trying to argue at the jury after the last one, you know, I had made my third squad of like nine fifty three, and his opener was, I was in 25. So even though I had gone three for three, he went after me every round. So I make my third. He misses his last one, bombs out. They're at the jury table going crazy. And I just like, I'm in the back of the platform. I go, what the fuck they arguing for? That shit was high as fuck. (laughs) Right? Like really loud. That shit was high as fuck. Right? Like it's over. See you later. And Blaine was like standing next to me. (laughs) So then he gets in my face and I'm like, damn. But I was like, dude, I don't have time to fight with you right now because I got to make a bench and I'm going to Worlds. And uh, you're not. (laughs) And the whole thing was that year, I knew it was really special to him because Worlds was in his hometown of Denver. Um, And so he kind of thought that it was, you know, it was his his year. And uh, a lot of American lifters were pumped up because a lot of American lifters shy away from the travel. I never have. But uh, a lot of of Americans. So that year in Nationals was crazy. We had a stacked national team. Um, but yeah, we had a little bit of falling out after that. And, uh, you know, I got what I deserved. I bombed out of 2014 worlds. <laughs> um, and Blaine went on to like, I don't know, mess with Ray Williams a little bit, go to raw worlds, do some really special shit. Um, so yeah, I mean it all, we, we made up by 2015 where Blaine plays second at worlds and I placed third. So we were kind of like, okay, we're scoring a lot of points for the world team. Like, we can do this, but, uh, you know, probably the lowest of our relationship was at 2014 nationals where I was like, yeah, shit was high as fuck right in front of Blaine. And, uh, you know, I think it's cool because we've come a long way now he's coming on our pod and he even said, make sure it's fucking spicy. So I want to get the story out of the way. Cause I don't want this story to detract from the real questions, you know? Mm-hmm. So I want, I don't want to, I don't want to get into a back and forth with Blaine about he said, she said in, uh, 2014. So yeah, we'll well, now out. you've put this out there. Maybe yeah, but he's like, going to have some rebuttals to I'll know, just his say, side of the story. I'll just but. say, like, hey, man, listen to the pod and then call me. And then, uh, you know, you know that that's it. Yeah, we're huge fans of Blaine, and we just want to clear the air and give everybody a little appetizer and a little bit of background into Joe and Blaine. I'm saying if you take that all into consideration, it's going to be an interesting pod. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and And since then, let's just put this – I really thought that I was going to overtake Blaine, last longer than Blaine for a long time. And then in the years 2015, 2016, and then up till now, his total just got so fucking crazy. I've pretty much, I've laid my swords to rest. Like I, I'm, I'm, my mission is to win IPF Worlds, total 1,200 keys, but Blaine's just totaling 1,300. So I just have to like kind of get it when it comes, you know? And just worry about myself. But yeah, it's been a long road. Sure has. Yeah. Be a sick pod next week. Yeah. yeah, we're excited for that. 
um, I guess we'll lead into our next uh, our next topic. This is um, a segment we have done before. We've done it once, and I think it was pretty good, so we're going to bring it back. This is Gear Talk. So in this week's Gear Talk, we're going to be talking about the top five mistakes that equipped lifters make and what, like why we think that is and kind of just give you all a little bit of advice from, from your wisdom. Well, mainly Peachy. Well, Peachy. One thing I forgot to mention is uh, moving forward, I'm going to let Peachy coach me. Because Peach's kind of like mantra is like less is more. And if I've ever had a problem, it's probably like training too hard too much over the years. So uh, especially for a fat person. Um, so Peachy's going to coach me. And Peachy's gonna, Peachy has a lot of interesting thoughts on equipped training. So it's yeah. a good one. Yeah. So the top five, I'll start out with what we thought was number five. And um, this is not changing anything when you're between your raw and equipped lifts and your techniques. So a lot of people, especially when they start out, they, um, kind of try to have the same similar or similar technique, um, in raw as in equipped as they do in raw. And so like this for me is like something that I'm trying to like remember because it has been such a long time since I've done equipped, but first off, like on the squat, my bar position, I have a low bar position in raw and I tried to do that in equipment. And it's just, you know, you definitely need to adjust that. It definitely doesn't feel the same. When I lifted equipped, I had, like this is years ago, I had a wider stance and I, and I had a higher bar, bar position. And now my raw, my raw technique has evolved. And so I've tried to do that when I got back in gear and it's just all fucked up. So Yeah, it made us think of this one specifically. I yeah, mean, for, sure. for my squats, I widened my stance. I changed my shoes from heels to flats, which a lot of people think are weird, but I don't. Um, I changed my descent speed uh, in bench. I pretty much, for a while, and starting to now again, exclusively bench close grip raw, just where more powerful in that range. But Peach is kind of, I thought I was using max grip in gear, but Peach has had me like kind of cheat a little bit. Yeah, you really and, need to get your hands And my equipped benches were kind of going well until uh, Nationals got canceled. So there's a lot of things that can change. And, I mean, I'll talk about it more, um, especially during squat. But what do you think about it, Peach? Yeah, I think kind of one of the biggest mistakes that I see a lot of people make in the bench is not taking a max grip. And um, They think they're taking a max yeah, grip. Yeah, they think though. they're taking a max grip, but they're not. Because if you can feel, you know, your fingers entirely over the smooth, you can get even wider than that. Um, so... You know, it's it's only like a quarter inch maybe, but it makes a big difference it because does. on both sides of the bar, you take that extra quarter inch, that's a half inch. Yeah, it's like give me a, a quarter inch board. Exactly. Give me a quarter inch board, I'll my bench will be 50 keys higher. Exactly. So that's kind of my number one thing for bench and for squat. Um, I see a lot of people who get into equipment, they'll start with a weight that they feel is pretty light and they'll stand up and kind of whip the bar out of the rack and they'll hit the rack on both sides, and then they're like, you know, flapping in the breeze as they walk the weights out, and they can get it when it's light, but then when it's heavier, you can't even get the weight out of the rack, and then if you can't get the weight out of the rack, how are you going to squat it? <laughs> so one of the big things that I tell people is to just take the weight out of the rack, let it settle for a second, you know, take a second to get out of the rack, find your feet, and then which, get Yeah, which you might not necessarily do in your raw lifts like you definitely don't have to be that deliberate raw because the weight is you know a weight that you can actually <laughs> squat <laughs> yeah. yeah i think the interesting so. part for me is like 
you know, raw lifters tend, there's a lot of lifters who squat, they squat really fluid. Um, and they let their knees track forward if they're wearing heeled shoes, almost like a power Olympic squat. Like it's not an Olympic squat, but it's like a, it's like a, a wider, more powerful Olympic squat with low bar. And they let their knees track forward. And in my opinion, anybody who I'm helping transfer over, which I have coach people who are like, I want to get into gear. Number one thing is like, we need to find either footwear or stance width or just a new descent technique and it could be bar position too because all these things change you know the relationship between your hips and your knees but uh in the descent of the squat but you can't let your knees track too far far forward over your feet um and equipment or else you lose you know that stored energy in my opinion um so that's a huge thing for me is getting people to understand that the lift is really not the same yeah, and with um, deadlifting, do you have any people that deadlift sumo raw and then switch to conventional or vice versa when they put equipment on, or is that something? Yeah, I have had some female lifters that do that. Um, it's not the greatest, and usually my advice is if we don't care about your raw lift, like then let's do your comp stance raw because even if it's like, okay, you lift more raw conventional, you lift more equipped sumo, I still want you to train conventional raw on your main raw day, you know, especially with a higher frequency where you pull two, three times a week. And maybe that third day is conventional deadlifts, but I kind of drive it through like, we need to change that. And I, I have encountered lifters who do that because like, well, I can pull more conventional. So I'll train that on raw and I'll train. It's like, no, 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 we're going to dial shit in. And yeah. cause I don't care about your raw total. Yeah. That's something that I actually kind of struggled with is, you know, I definitely pull more raw conventional and, uh, I have a hard time pulling sumo raw. It's really tough on my hips. So in training, I'll train more conventional. But I think I'm going to get away from pulling sumo in gear. I think I'm just going to do conventional in gear. Um, you know, I don't think that the difference between my equipped sumo and my equipped conventional is enough to justify trying to do two different lifts. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually going to – I was in that camp, and now I'm going to just go conventional for okay. both. Yeah. So I guess at the end of the day, you know, not, not changing anything between your raw and equipped is something that a lot of people are missing. Um, probably more novice and more yeah, you advanced experiment. people start to learn and you really do need to take the time to experiment, to talk to people, to try different things. Yeah. If you're open-minded enough to try equipment, be open-minded enough to try new techniques and watch really good equipped lifters and see what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. That's number five. Number four. Not getting your shit altered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Peach. I, I mean, I think I think the biggest thing for me when I'm talking about getting your gear altered is like, okay, let's say you're brand new. Okay, probably a good idea is to get stock equipment. Okay, that's a little. I bit still on the get stock. Side. I still get stock equipment. Or some right. used. Sometimes people get used stuff or that's used already stuff. a little bit broken in. Right. Get something that's not overly tight. And then, as you get more familiar with the equipment, or as you get more advanced, then you're getting ready to do a meet get it, you know, altered so that it fits you better. You know, if you're if you're wearing stuff that's way too loose or maybe if you're wearing something that's way too tight, it's not going to work, you know, well for you. So and you need to get your stuff altered. So if you're new, um, you know, how do you go about doing that? I know, like, I remember back in the day I was told to go find a cobbler, and I, I found a cobbler. Yeah. And they have, like, heavy-duty sewing machines with really thick needles, and they can do, like, pincher straps or do some things like that. So... There aren't too many cobblers out there. Yeah, that so. is one of the barriers to it. It's like, 
you know, once you get into the game, it's like you got to get into the equipment and get into it. And then it's like, oh shit, I got to find a, someone who can alter this shit. Yeah. And it's not easy. Um, but like in a perfect scenario, like I should say someone orders stock gear that's to their measurements, right? It's going to come on and you're going to put it on. You're going to be like, oh, that shit and it was pretty cool. It's pretty tight. It's pretty crazy. And you're going to use it a few times and then you're going to put it on and it's going to be loose like four weeks down the road. Um, so you're going to want to alter that. And my advice would be to, you know, if you're buying direct from, um, one of the manufacturers to call them and send it back to them and just pay for it to be altered. Um, if you do get custom gear for some reason, you get free alterations. Um, or there are people online who will alter it for you. Um, I used Jenny Phillips. I mean, crazy that I would shout out this woman. She's like been my secret wild card for a while shout out jenny phillips she makes custom multiply gear and she just so happens to be willing to alter any type of gear so i just send it to her and then a lot of people go to a cobbler which is a shoemaker because they have the machinery and thread to you know work on leather you know you can't go to a seamstress or someone at like a dry cleaner who does clothing alterations because their needles don't work on polyester so you have to go to someone who works on leather and if you can explain to them what you want, they will do it. Yeah. That's usually really cheap, too. And they like just do it in 10 minutes. And yeah, if you want to get your straps taken in, yeah. like cobbler's the way to go. Yeah. But for anything more complicated, you probably want to go back to like Titan or whoever. Yeah, Titan, Titan's the best. If you're altering a katana or a bench shirt, Titan's the best way to go. Um, Inzer will do alterations. Um, or there are a handful of people. And it's funny, we talked about outlaw powerlifting like a few episodes ago, like for all that it was, the best thing that ever happened to me was I actually asked a question and someone sent me Jenny Phillips' website. And I've been using her for seven years to alter my gear. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, so number four, what was that? Number four? That was four. That was four. Alter your stuff. Get yeah. It it's going to, even if it's nice yeah. when it's new and you think it fits perfect, you will need to alter it. Number three, PG. This one, uh, this one. I think you suggested this one. It's uh, starting your training cycles too heavy. Yeah, like a, a lot of the time, people will get a new piece of gear, and they'll they'll put it on. And let's just use the bench shirt as an example. And they're like, "Oh, there's no way I'd be able to touch out of the bag, so let me just load up, you know, two hundred percent of my max and try and do a three board." And it's like, okay, we don't well, know anybody that does that. Guilty, <laughs> yeah. Guilty. <laughs> or example number two, you get a brand new squat suit and then you're, you know, you're working up, you're working up and then it's like, oh, well, I'm not really getting depth, you know, so I'm just going to try and squat my max and maybe I'll get my depth in my with my max. And it's like, okay, so you went really heavy this time, but then where do you go now? Like you basically just lifted your max and just buying a new piece of gear isn't going to increase your max, you know, 50%. Yeah. So... And then, you're you wiped. Now? then you're wiped. And you're wiped. Too. So yeah. it's like you need to have the discipline to be like, okay, for squat, I'm going to start with something that's manageable, maybe something that's around 80% of my max and do some reps, and they might be a little bit high, but I need to get myself acclimated to this style of training. And then the next week, you know, maybe you can go a little bit heavier than that, or maybe you can do more sets, but you need to get – you know, into the technique of using equipment and not just, you know, oh, I have a new piece of gear. Let me just load it up. 
Yeah, it's enticing. It's enticing. Especially at the beginning of the training cycle when you might not have been in gear for a while and it would be beneficial for you to kind of like remember the technique and get some reps in that aren't too heavy so you can actually like cognizantly do what you're doing, bring the weight down, control it, and like form those form those neural paths again. Yeah, we, we've talked about these, this before, like the acclimation period. You know, whether you're new or experienced, if you get a new piece of gear and it's the beginning of your training cycle, like you might not know if you're new that you're going to acclimate to the weights, but like going full bore is going to like impede that acclimation. And like if you were able to work up in four weeks to like maybe 150% of your max, if you do 125% the first day, you're not going to get that full effect of like acclimating to the gear and raising your numbers slowly and working on your technique. It's going to, it's going to stunt your progress. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So don't go too heavy at the beginning of your cycle. I mean, I've broken in a bencher by taking 200% of my raw max to a board. <laughs> but like I, but again, like we've, was we've it, literally it a, been, was it a negative? Yeah. No, I made it. <laughs> we, uh, we, um, have been through this process a, a lot. So like for us to do that in a spot is a little different than maybe a, a new lifter. Yeah. It probably wasn't optimal either. Well, I mean, it especially wasn't. if you're not using a brand new bench shirt, like if you're using some bench shirt that you got from your buddy, like you don't need to be breaking that in. You know? Well, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a new shirt with, that was super tight. And let's just say there wasn't a lot of touching going on in the training cycle. And there wasn't a lot of touching going on at the meet either. Yeah, you've learned learned from experience. I haven't done that the hard way. (laughs) I haven't done that since. So take it from us. Yeah. All right. Number two. This is something that we've been guilty of also, but relying on partials too much. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So this is like too many heavy three boards, (laughs) two boards, just squatting high as hell, just only doing rack pulls. Stuff like that. I mean, in equipment, you definitely want to be training more lockout work and stuff like that because it is different from raw, but I think people rely on it too much. You're not really getting the training effect that you want, and you're not. it's not the best use of your time and blowing out your nervous system. Yeah, right, PG? For sure. I mean, for me, my biggest problem was with not squatting in depth and training. And then I would get closer to the meet and trying to find an opener. And I would, you know, be taking weights 100 times and feeling squirrely in the bottom and getting off balance and just can't get a squat below parallel. But I felt like I was strong enough to do the weights. But it was just, you know, the unfamiliarity with actually doing a full range of motion squat. So, um, you know, recently, actually, I had a pretty good meet as far as getting squats. I made three squats which I've never done before at my last meet. I got three squats. And yeah, I, I, I wrapped you and called your depth. It's, but there's no need to mention that. I just, well, you did. <laughs> but uh, I, th- I attribute that a lot to, to really focusing on my depth starting at the beginning of the training cycle. So, um. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to describe it, unfamiliarity. And, you know, it always comes down to the squat and the bench because of the eccentric portion. But, like, uh, you know, my pitfall many times has been too much – heavy board work. Um, when I was younger, I was able to not hit a bench in my chest and go three for three in the bench. It was just like a freaky thing where I was wearing tight gear and it was stretching out over time. I was so new and I didn't realize my gear was stretching, but I was also making gains week to week. 
because I was like, maybe, you know, I won collegiates, you know, it was maybe my third or fourth equipped meet and we didn't train in gear that much, maybe like four, four weeks going into a meet. So like you're getting new gear, you're working it in as you go. You don't even realize it because you don't know what you don't know. And like, then all of a sudden I was like, okay, I'm going to open like, you know, 50 pounds under my one board max. Cause that's all I know. All I know is my one board max, you know, and it worked out. It worked out for a few, few meets. And then when you actually get to the, the near the upper end of your abilities, that stops working because you're not making gains week to week. You're not, you know, PRing your bench 50 pounds every meet you do. You start to hit those roadblocks and it took me a long time to shake that habit of not touching and training. And then I, what I realized is I, when I tried to touch and training, I couldn't. And that's for a variety of reasons. Um, wearing super tight gear, um, being my entire body being fatigued and not being able to wait, be patient enough for a touch until I was a little rested for a meet or something like that. So yeah, there's unfamiliar portions of the bench for me, basically under their one board. And we've been working on that. Um, and squat too, I've had, I've been doing this so long that like I've had nine for nine meets in gear, which are rare. And I've done it multiple times. I've done eight for eight, eight for nine many times. Um, but I've also bombed out many times and there's been training cycles where I've been more conservative and nervous to bomb out. So I squat pretty deep and there's been training cycles where I'm trying to push my numbers and go crazy and I squat high and I can tell you it's pretty much hundred, hundred percent you can predict what's going to happen if you look back at your training. But when you're in the moment, it's very hard to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so we're working, we're working on that, especially mm-hmm. down here in the basement. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, partials will mess you up. Yeah. Get some touches. Even, even Good deadlifts, time. even deadlifts, you know, the uh, 2016 nationals peach, like I pulled 860 off l- low blocks and they were honestly, you know, maybe three inch blocks. And, uh, you know, I missed 838 off the floor to to win nationals because i didn't do a i actually didn't get to do a really heavy pull in my training yeah yeah and then and then just getting down that extra three inches you know that could have been the difference yeah yeah mm-hmm. and number one mistake for equip lifters is cutting too much weight for your meat and then not not having your gear fit right or just cutting too much and having a performance decrement from cutting uh, maybe the combination of that, but that's, we've seen a lot of people bomb out or have awful performances because of that. Yeah. I've been a victim to this more than once. Uh, the most hilarious one is when, you know, I missed weight and then I had to sit in a makeshift sauna that we made out of the bathroom at bench nats. And I was trying to make you eat uh, Italian sub yeah. at the same time. But I was like, dude, <laughs> you got to fucking eat. You got to fucking eat. And I'm like, no, I can't eat it. I feel yeah. sick. I yeah. feel sick. That was my fault because, like, I went with you and, like, we did a little road trip down to Bench Nass because it was Scranton. And, like, I stopped at Texas Roadhouse, like, three times and McDonald's once. And, I, like, that was my bad because, like, you couldn't not eat. True. I mean, I, I ate once at Texas Roadhouse and I had, like, a, a little portion of Donnie's. Yeah, we got you a taste. Yeah, just a taste. taste. (laughs) Yeah, most of the time, like Lou almost died. Yeah. Yeah. No, he wasn't there that year. No, 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 it was a different year. Not a different year. We went to Al Roth. Shout out to Al Roth. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, when I was really, you know, trying to be competitive at collegiates, uh, I I weighed like one eighty seven, one eighty eight, and then I would cut down to one eighty three, and I actually had 
different sets of gear for the meat. Well, I mean, yeah, training. I mean, let's break and it down then, the basics. What happens when you cut yeah. cut weight? You know, you're cutting weight the last few days. If you're doing a water cut, what happens, Peach? I mean, you're going to lose water in your body. You're going to lose size. You know? And then what happens when you put your gear on? And then it's loose as fuck. <laughs> it's loose as fuck. Yeah. It's loose as fuck. Well, yeah, you have to do a proper water cut, and you need to properly rehydrate. I wouldn't recommend cutting any more than 2.5% of your body weight. And then you do need to be careful if you don't rehydrate properly, or even if you do, there's only so much you can. Things might be a little bit looser. You need to account for that. Maybe even have spare gear that's a little bit runs a little bit tighter, or change your gear, alter it as you go on your training cycle. But yeah, I mean, you need to factor to, it in. There has to be some experimentation. Like James Vang is a close friend of ours, and he has two sets of gear, and he basically said, you know, I'm cutting this much weight to get down on one. What is it? One forty-five. Yeah, it fucking sucks. And uh, he's cutting five, six pounds maybe, but you know, for him, that's a lot of his frame. And and ge- with with gear at top level, this this guy's you know a top ten lifter at Equip Worlds every year. You know, the margins are razor thin, and uh, so he has a second set of gear, and he's just figured out what the amount is—a nominal amount, maybe like a half inch or whatever—take off his bench shirt sleeves or his squat suit legs, and he has a second set of gear that he waits to put on the meat or maybe even it's like the last week of training, you know, maybe he's close to weight cause he'll do it by diet. Really not really cut too much water. Um, you know, and, I, and I've had this happen with people I coach, you know, um, we did a raw meet me and a lifter. I coach, uh, she went nine for nine, uh, hit PRs and everything. A few months later we were like, all right, let's fucking do the same thing in gear. I had assumed that the one kilo water cut she did, it was going to be the same situation. And I kind of just was like, okay, body weight's good, whatever. Ended up, it was really like, she had a nutrition coach on the side. So I didn't feel responsible for, for really checking in that much. So then, okay, really she cut four keys and, uh, you know, we just had a bad go of it. Maybe she went four for nine or five for nine. She still won best lifter. We're still bad as fuck because that's what we do. But like, it was a little disappointing. And, you know, now I'm like really more conscious of, making sure people are not wearing the same gear if they're cutting four keys, you know? Yeah, yeah like I said, like 2%, 2.5%, maybe max three. And, you know, you need to know. But I wouldn't maybe, even recommend yeah. that if it's not necessary. Yeah, you know? if it's not yeah. necessary. I mean, you want to get into striking distance well before the meet, and then you want to rely on the water cut. Yeah. Just that extra little bit. And be prepared if you if you think that it's go- you're not going to weigh the same on the on the on the uh, on the platform as you did in your training. Be prepared to maybe have some tighter stuff, or do uh, like a mock water cut, like f- like a few weeks out, like four weeks out. Do a test water cut if you're not planning on losing fat and you want to just like do the two kilo water cut because you think that's going to be the best for your performance. Do like a test water cut and try your gear on yeah i think the water cuts are really popular with the raw lifters and a lot of these dudes lifting raw like super lean yeah Yeah. like right if you're like russ or he how are you going to cut weight you know you have to water cut but like we said a lot of equipped lifters carry that extra fluff that's true so i think for equipped lifter you should try to get closer to your comp body weight earlier rather than wait for a water cut because um it just it you'll just have more information on what your openers should and could be and what your top end should and could be at your true body weight um and not have any surprises on meet day surprise on meet day not good mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, what, just one more quick one. I remember the first Arnold I did, 2013 Arnold. Big Mike was so worried about me making weight for some reason. I ended up weighing in at like 80 keys, and I almost bombed the squat because I couldn't squat anything near my opener. So he lowered my opener like 20, 25 keys just so I could get a squat in. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah, want to have that happen. Check to your you. weight, have a scale, don't overcut. I mean, even for me, it's like, you know, I'm spoiled because the reason I started, you know, me and Alex became really close friends. Like, you know, a few years ago, even though we'd known each other in college, there was this age gap where I was a coach and he was a lifter and it was like, didn't really make sense for us to hang out. But like, as we got older, I was like, Hey man, can you help me out with my diet? And then we basically became best friends. But like, I needed someone to help me stay at a certain body weight. So I just wouldn't gain uncontrollably. You know, I was like 385 and I was like, I want to get back down 360 because my best competitions, I've been leaner. I've been better. Not that I'm lean, but you know. I've been in good shape. I can go nine for nine. I don't fucking, pat, you know, I almost died at Worlds because I couldn't get between squat and bench um, in 2017. So in 2018, I started working with Alex. And it's like I'm spoiled because uh, I'll have him watch me, keep me below a certain body weight, usually in the low 360s. Um, and then like the week of, especially if he's with me, we have some fun. We load it up. Like I gain weight. We eat pancakes and pasta and steaks out the ass. Right, so like my gear, not only am I recovered for a meet and I'm peaking, my gear is like a little hair tighter too. So like that's why you see these crazy swings with super heavyweights from training videos or I've talked about like getting 70, 80 pounds more from a training squat to a, a comp squat because there's these little factors. But imagine that reverse. Like you're, you're so I'm doing that. So somebody who's in a weight class that's not super heavyweight is doing the opposite it's going to have an effect on your performance because yeah. it, it has an effect on my performance the other way. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to do a serious carb load, I mean, in, you want to be at, like at your weight. Yeah. Maybe go a little bit lighter on water and just load, load up after you weigh in, but be loading up your carbs like two days before too. And like get that extra peak. Yep. So yeah, I think that's yeah. You got to be in a position to carb load. You have to be in a position yeah. to carb load, especially early on. I'm sure, like a lot of the experienced lifters that have lifted in in various weight classes, know and from experience when you cut, like you just feel awful. You feel weak, even even if you try to try to like load back up after the weigh in. It doesn't. It takes a long time for your body to absorb everything, even if you're taking in like the electrolytes and everything, and you're having the fast you know fast carbs and the honey and the salts and everything. It's still you know, you can only replenish so much. And I'm sure experienced lifters have learned that it's not. Yeah, you got to factor it in. The problem is there's been like, you know, and we won't go through names and stuff, but I, I know there's been really popular experienced world champions who have trained and, you know, maybe they squat 800 in training, but they cut weight and they know I'm going to open at 700 or even less. But that's how good they are is even when they cut and then take a percentage off their lift, they're still going to win the meet. And so people see that and be like, well, you know, Wade Hooper cut 10 pounds. And it's like, well, Wade Hooper knew what the fuck he was doing, and he was literally that much better than everybody else. He cut weight, lower his opener, just knowing, you know, after the cut, this is, you know, his performance is here versus training. And then, you know, he still win worlds. But people see that and they want to do the same thing. It's it's not worth it. You got to set yourself up for a carb load, and the carb load usually makes your gear fit pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that does it for gear talk. Um, 
I think we've gone on for quite a long time, but we did want to bring back one segment just for a bonus before we end this thing. Yeah, we could do rapid fire. This is who's pissing hotter. (laughs) So just as a disclaimer, right? I mean, we don't know shit, and this is just- We don't know shit. We don't know shit, right, Peachy? Yeah, we don't know nothing. Do you know any legalese to say? Um, Basically, this is our opinion about- People who compete in untested feds and or have failed a drug test before, and we don't actually know about anybody's drug use, but this is what we think based on the information we have. Okay, so we're safe. All right. Ben Pollock, PH deadlift, versus Dan Green. Who's, oh, my who's God. Who's pissing hotter? All right. I mean, let's just do what we do. Uh, ben Pollock's personal best, and and our, a 799 squat and wraps. 424 bench and 815 deadlift at 181 or 198. Like, is that light? That's the crazy part. It's yeah, talking about water cuts. 24 hour weigh in, you know, you can do yeah. some crazy yeah. shit. Oh, yeah, that's a big, that's a good point. Um, Two hours. First. And like, the reason I like this matchup so much is because, oh, look at that. Ben Pollock, second place at USAPL, Longhorn Open. Fifth place at USAPL Raw Nationals 2013. Second place to pretty sure the John Hack at 181 um, at 2015 Raw Nationals. And everything after that is untested. And you can literally see the lifts just explode. I mean, we're talking about at the same weight class, lifts going up 100 pounds. So, you know. Um, that's what we got on him, and the reason I like the matchup is because it's like, oh, Dan Green. Everybody knows Dan Green, right? Animal, boss of bosses, sick gym, just you know, all around, really popular guy. From all intents and purposes, is a great guy. But it's like, oh, let me look at this, Dan Green. Raw Nationals. Where is that? USAPL. Oh, DQ. I wonder what the fuck happened. I think he bombed the dead. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Okay, he bombed the dead. <laughs> he bombed the dead. Um, but you see the numbers. 573 squat, 385 bench. And this is at 220. He was always a big dude. Um, I thought he did another USAPL Nationals, Southern California Regionals. His numbers just aren't good, right? I, I mean, like, you know, I respect anybody who lifts, but this guy is a super popular guy. And when he competed untested, he just wasn't good. But now his current numbers are squat with wraps, 848, 529 raw bench, 838 raw deadlift. That's fucking insane. Right? So his numbers are a little bigger than Ben Pollock's because he's uh, competes at 220, 242, even 275. But uh, I like this matchup because the guys pretty much took the same path. Like, get your ass beat at raw nationals. And then, which, I, you know, what I'm saying is I think they're good dudes. I think they competed clean. And I think at some point they said, fuck it. I just want to be strong as fuck, which I respect that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't sure. know. I'll let you guys pick your pick your horse in the race first. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say by the numbers. They both both have crazy numbers since since switching maybe over. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. But I think if you look at, like, who looks more mutated, <laughs> you know like yeah i think ben pollock looks way more mutated and mongoloided out like his his head is so squishy i don't know like how that even happens but like 
his head looks like a pug's head. Like it's got all wrinkles and stuff in it. Yeah, and it's got those rolls. He's got like these crazy veins. Like he's been posting a lot of these like hex bar deadlifts with the fat grips, and he's been doing like ridiculous numbers, like eight, nine hundred, like whatever, on the bar. And like he's doing screen captures of him like holding the weight, and his like neck is like as wider than his head, and like his head's so red and wrinkly. He just looks like freakazoided out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, I I think um, you know Dan Green. He had some kids. You know, he's been a little bit out of the spotlight. He had some injuries he was dealing with, and you know, he just doesn't look as freakish as as Ben Pollock. And Ben Pollock talks about you like you know steroid use. I think he's got stuff online. He's got like, he writes about it or has videos about it and stuff like that. Yeah, he did so. a whole video series on YouTube about uh. I, I yeah. watched a few of them. Yeah, and he's like he's like a PhD, so yeah. like, you know, I don't know what he's a PhD in. I have no idea. But like, I'd assume like he. I probably, think it's something like exercise phys or something like that. Yeah, he probably knows the or ins, nutrition, the ins and outs of the anabolic use, and is probably using everything to his benefit that he can. You know, so I'd have to go with I'd have to go with Ben Pollock. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going with Ben Pollock. I mean. The fact that, you know, I watched some of his videos just to get a kind of an understanding of like, you know, this guy know what he's talking about or is this bullshit? Seems like he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And it looks <laughs> like uh, his numbers went up a lot. He definitely benefited from the 24-hour weigh and stuff too. So I'm just going to go with Ben Pollock. I feel pretty confident that if there's if there's stuff to be had, he's, he's doing the right shit. You know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Ben Pollock's total went up 600 pounds. And then, I mean, I really don't, Dan Green bombed out, so it was told to be like 6'4", 17, and then he totaled, let's just call it 22, so that's 500 pounds. So, and being a smaller man, Ben Pollock is, you know, by the numbers, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. I think the matchup had to be done because of the similar paths, but, oh my God, and, and, and Ben Pollock did the bodybuilding show stuff like that. Yeah, he's doing bodybuilding. Yeah. He's yeah. using all the different compounds. Yeah, and people like shit on Lane Norton for like always saying he's a PhD, but like, how about literally putting PhD in your handle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. PH deadlift. Well, I think uh, I think that people just don't like Lane because he comes across like a arrogant asshole. Whereas I think, you know, it seems like people like Ben. So yeah, he seem yeah. they they seem yeah. Like I said, these guys seem pretty chill. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Ben Pollock. And I'm put I put it right out there. I respect them still because I think that, you know, based on the numbers, I really think these guys were clean when they competed at USAPL, just my opinion. And they decided to go a different route. And um it seemed like, you know, these guys have both probably made a lot of money yeah. in their powerlifting careers. Um, just coaching or Dan owns a gym, runs a lot of events, sponsored by Animal. Um, Ben's seems like he's a PhD and a consultant in nutrition and training and um, partners with people on certain products and stuff, supplements. So, hey, good for them. Yeah. But unanimous decision. <laughs> <laughs> Don't always get those. Yeah. All right, the next one's kind of a throwback. So this is probably going to be like a back in the day. But this is uh, Scott Mendelson versus Keneally. Oh, my God. Ryan Keneally. Ryan Keneally. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll go right out there like – you know, obviously this one is these guys were super popular in the early 2000s because multiply benching was popular because dudes just started benching a 1,000. Yeah. 
and it was like you know and uh, anybody who's seen power power unlimited knows that like scott mendelson had the mendy 1k um it was the first license plate yeah there was gene reichelak rest in peace um and then there was ryan keneally who after mendy bench a thousand everybody was like holy shit that was crazy but then some dude came out of nowhere and did 1050 and it looked effortless and people like what the fuck right and then you know there was dvds on the sky whatever people just ran towards it and in that dvd he talked about all the shit he used to take and uh, I'm pretty sure Mendy's talked about, you know, the shit he used to take. Yeah. So for me, I have to go with Ryan Keneally. Yeah. I mean, he also went to jail for selling steroids too. So I feel like he just had, you know, an embarrassment of riches, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would definitely take Keneally too. Keneally is, honestly, he's kind of an idol of mine. I mean, <laughs> the guy is, a, he's a monster. You know, he, he benched, I think they, uh, there's a video of him benching like 650 in the warm up room raw, just like. Oh, that was that thing. Siders shit. was there too. So yeah. Siders did like 600 for four and, uh, my, he wanted to do five and my guy Sherman Ledford was just there like spotting him. It was at like some bench event, bench America or something. And it was like an expo and Sherman just, he did like 604 easy and just Sherman just racked him. Like, yeah, you're done, dude. We have like USA, IPF world or something in a month. You and find then, that video? <laughs> I, I want to see, see Ryan Keneally because I'm not, I'm I'll not work on it. Ryan Keneally did 635 easy as fuck. That's I actually think was, they were yeah. warming up to do a multiply meet for cash and they, but they were just like fucking around raw. Um, so well, yeah. I remember that like a lot of the, like uh, a long time ago, um, well, Mendy actually did bench 700 pounds raw. Well, that's what I'm saying. Think of this. So, like, we have Keneally on video doing 635 raw, but also Mendy had the, the a long-standing world record of 715 raw. Yeah, you I know. know what what, I know what Mendy looks like, and he just looks like a just okay, like a. You're ball. looking at Ryan Keneally rub his own blood on his face. So, Jesus yeah, we're gonna, Christ. yeah, we're gonna put this video up, but it, it's a little long because yeah. no, it's a minute, but he's like warming up. Yeah, he's bleeding from his nose and like using it as war paint, and his fingernails are painted black. Yeah, this guy was a psychopath. So here's four or five. I mean, I mean, he looks smaller than Mendy. Oh, he was. Yeah, he's I mean, he was smaller. like bodybuilder lean. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, look at his traps, dude. Yeah, it's just amazing. He looks like those cows that are, oh, he's getting slapped down. Oh, yeah, his girlfriend used to, like, lift. I forgot her name. That was 500. It was, like, 550. It's just stroking, dude. I don't know. I mean, you just look at Mendy. It wasn't, he just had a different look. I don't even know how to describe. Oh, you know what? There were hundreds on there. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, those 100-pound plates on there. Yeah, he smoked 635. Like anyway, Mendy looked like a bison, dude. He did, yeah. He he had the, like this crazy upper back. His Mendy. yeah, his back, like his traps and his yeah. back, and his like chest were just so wide. Yeah, I mean, well, here's Ryan Keneally benching six eighty. There's yeah. that, and, and at a, light, <laughs> a lighter body, way weight. lighter. I still, I don't want to retract my answer. I still think Keneally was on more shit. This is also after he went to prison. So, like, 
we watched that 635 video. That was a warm-up for a Sheridan bench. So he was probably benching um, 700 pounds at the time. Yeah, at like a safe. body weight of 300 pounds maybe. Yeah, he did it He did it at 308. I'm pretty sure it was uh, 1059 or so. All right, I'm not going to vote. <laughs> You're abstaining? I, I think... Uh, oh he, just smoked, yeah, he, he just, just smoked that. He just smoked that. Yeah, I I think Keneally. Like there, there's a bench where he hits like a thousand pound bench, and he's just profusely bleeding from his nose, and uh, it's like pooling in his eyeballs and ears, and he just gets up and is like, ah. "All right, pull pull up a picture of Mendy. <laughs> let me let me see. Let me see. Let me do a side by. This is like a live fucking. Yeah. Let me see a side by side of Mendy's neck. <laughs> Mendy's just a fat so piece of shit. Weird. He looks so red. I mean, yeah, I, this is what I live for, though. Like, oh, this is when he tore his back. Yeah, that, that he did that at the super training backyard meet, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at his. He abs, tried to. Dude. He I tried. Thought he to, was fat. He has abs. He, that's the thing. Well, no. So Mendelssohn actually lifted at two seventy five. He did do some weights at super and three hundred eight and stuff, whatever. But I think that he did seven fifteen at two seventy five. At his at his peak, he did have crazy abs. Um, Look at. Look at his traps. Look, Look at, his at traps. this powerlifting USA cover. It's a tough call, man. I, I'm going Mendy. All right, Peach, you're doing. You're yeah, going I'm, with Keneally. I'm going Keneally because Keneally is my hero, and I hope he was on more gas. Alex, you would like this, ass. but Keneally said he would wash down his orals uh, with Tang. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And you know, if anybody knows oh, Alex shit. right now during during his his bulk, yeah, he relies on Tang. Oh, I thought you were going to say orals, but. <laughs> <laughs> Tricked you. No. Gotcha. Dang, just kidding. <laughs> all, all right. right so well, all right. So Tang, orals and Tang. Orals yeah. and Tang. All right. I, I just got to go with Keneally because he sounds <laughs> sick. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Mandy. He was kind of an ass. Yeah. <laughs> Keneally said. I just awesome. think Mandy was a big time gear whore. Well, it's hard to say. I mean, he was probably on a lot of I tests. Think if prob- Keneally, they're probably on similar shit. I think if Keneally did a raw meet, he would have benched more than 715. So I'm just putting yeah. that out there. Okay. Yeah, I think they're probably on like very similar shit. I don't know who would be hotter, but if the guy's drinking it down with Tang. Yeah. And like also if his house got raided by the FBI for selling steroids. Yeah. I guess I guess it all kind of points to he had a mountain of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he got convicted too. Yeah, he, he probably had an entire mini fridge just full of full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Keneally. All right, Keneally's also a badass because when uh, when they raided his house, he also had like gold bars and like a ton of cash. That's sick. So like this dude was living the fucking life. Yeah. You know, Mendy was like trying to make an honest living owning a gym. And then, like, just gassing up to do some crazy benches. But, like, Keneally was living the fast life. Yeah. He's painting his nails black for fuck's sake. Yeah. he's he, They're both psychos, but he does appear to be yeah, more. Like, 5% psycho. more psycho. Yeah. All right. 5% more. Okay. And we have one last one. This fan is request. Fan request. Cam Hughes. Shout out Cam Hughes. Yep. Our Canadian boys are always listening. So, this is... um. This is a young uh, Russian guy who's been making waves. Ukrainian, Ukrainian. Ukraine. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's all right. Young Ukrainian who's been making some waves. Pavlo Nechny. Yeah, and you know, here on end we will just refer to him as Pavlo. Versus Luke Richardson. Yeah. So, like the first one, I love this one because these guys competed head to head, IPF, and then both 
seem to have given that up for to try and become professional strongmen. So theoretically, <clears throat> theoretically, no, you know, there are no rules anymore. Yeah, you know, and we don't know. So, but Luke Richardson, when he was powerlifting, you know, he actually bested Pavlo uh, at their last meet, which they did EPF Juniors and um, eight eighty eight raw squat, which oh is fucking God. crazy. And 490 bench and 848 deadlift. And it's actually like, you know, a lot of people thought 2019 Worlds, Open Worlds, Luke was going to uh, give Ray Williams a run. And he had that, he had the total to do it. It was not fake news by any means. Um, Honestly, Ray bombed out and Luke probably would have came in on top of that one. It looks like he had over a thousand kilo total there, right? Yeah, it was. They actually told that they both totaled the same. 22 27 but luke being lighter so uh i think pablo missed a deadlift so this guy's a fucking i remember watching this he needed to pull like 865 on his third to win but instead he looks like he put in 914 and tried that oh sorry yeah Yeah. 850.9 so he tried to chip the world record to just get that extra pound Oh shit! So he didn't meet where he tried to pull nine fourteen. I was looking at the wrong thing, but that's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was untested. But yeah, he missed a like two and a half kilo jump to beat Luke that meet. Um, and then these guys both went their separate ways. And like, I'll be the first one to say, do I think Luke is going to be in the world's strongest man final at one time? Probably. Mm-hmm. If anybody watches training, um. It's just fucking insane. And like, yeah, he goes from an 848 deadlift uh, comp, you know, everything on the line to uh, repping 936. (laughs) (laughs) Still raw, but with straps, but still. I mean, in a short period of time. So you you know what we're saying. Um, Also, he takes his old bench max and does like a three, like three different pauses, like super slow centric with it. That was insane. So I could I'll not just, believe that. Yeah, that was like a 500 pound, like triple pause, like just fucking around on bench. Okay, that used to, that's more than your old comp max. And strongmen don't notoriously, maybe they bench once a week. Um, mm-hmm. And you just see some crazy uh, squats still, so. SSB squats, stuff like that. So that's kind of background on him. Pablo, um, you know, there's not, he's not as active on social media. So you kind of have to take a guess, but I think we saw him tear his bicep on this 914 deadlift. Yeah, that's Alex. a pretty viral video. You just see his fucking bicep go. Yeah, and also... So he was recovering from that, and then he decided to switch over to Strongman too, right? Yeah, and also the video of him like in the Ukrainian baths. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I need more power. I do <laughs> well, not feel cold. Yeah, I don't know what like social media was or if it was on YouTube, but there's this video about him, and they follow him around into the baths. They follow him in his training. And he's just screaming like at the weight, like, "What is this? Um, what, what's he screaming at the oh, weight?" Oh, he's, he's training. I cannot feel it. Yeah, where and is the barbell? Where is it? <laughs> where is the barbell? Like he, he can someone on tell me? It's I don't even feel it. Where yeah. is it? He's like asking his training partner where the fuck the barbell is because he he's kind of just saying like I'm standing here and there's no weight, but it's like yeah. it's like 800 pounds. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's something yeah. ridiculous. This dude, he's a beast. Yeah. He's doing Ronnie Coleman shit. He's just like, yeah, buddy. I mean, lightweight. And I'll just get into it. Just based on Pavlo's heritage, heritage, and nationality, I think he's probably 
pushing it a little more. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I think countries that have a uh, you know, history and of, you know, messing around with some of the some of the the performance enhancing things, I think that they have maybe like a more scientific approach and yeah, they might true. have like the less is more type of thing and they've got developed protocols that aren't like as willy-nilly like i feel like in the united states people are yeah more less like is more when you have crazy. to pass a drug test no, no, but no they might no. just be more conservative with just it I conservative think I mean, forget yeah. you want to get the be- the most benefit with the least amount of side effects and the, the yeah it's like the conversation we had about like countries that have a lower drinking age like people don't actually drink as much yeah so in the united yeah. states like it's illegal it's hard to get and then they get it and then they like go crazy but you know countries like that where they have like scientists or coaches that are experienced they you know have the less is more and like i think that you might not you know necessarily be on the most mm. different compounds good point you know that's a good point also and luke richardson is he's where is he from england england, england right? yeah and i'm pretty so, sure that steroids are legal in england right uh i don't know if they are but i do know that like a lot of really crazy bod. i don't think it's legal in england first of all but I know that there's a lot of like really crazy bodybuilders yeah. that come out of like England. There's a, like a lot of strong men, like untested strong mm-hmm. men. Yeah. Well, England's always been uh, like an anomaly to me because like the first thousand pound deadlift was an English person, Andy Bolton. Andy Bolton. I I really hope our viewers know that. Don't don't even come on. Just want to double check. Yeah, and then the first eleven hundred pound deadlift was obviously Eddie Hall. And they've always, and then not to honorable mention, Mark Felix. Oh, Mark Felix is amazing. Yeah. So there's always just been really, really good um, English strongmen and deadlifters. Um, I don't know where the fuck they come from because if you look at English people, I mean, fuck, they're just like, you know, a, a lot of the average English person is like, you know, like the kicker in the replacements. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, Dorian Yates. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Dorian Yates, there's um Shout out Tony Cliff. Big, thick, beautiful man. There's a the young gentleman bodybuilder who passed away this this past yeah, year. That was a bummer. Rest in peace. Um they have a lot of bodybuilders there too. So I think um it might be, you know, more free free. The culture. The culture is the there. The, sh- the there. iron culture is there. So yeah, you know, I I think Luke Richardson is going to break Thor's deadlift record. The oil culture. (laughs) The oils. The oil mines of the UK. All right, so maybe... I actually just just looked up for you, Babel. I got this from uh, the National Health Service UK, so it's a Mm -hmm. .uk site. It says um, it's legal to have anabolic steroids for personal use. Mm -hmm. So I guess... Okay, but selling it's illegal. Yeah, Yeah, probably. Because I know that there was like a big... There was like a co- a bodybuilding coach and like several of his clients that had gotten in trouble. There was like some investigation. Yeah, you probably have to buy something. it from you know the yeah. drugstore or whatever. You know the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe at this point in time, you guys are right. Luke Richardson. Also, Pablo weighs four hundred pounds and Luke Richardson weighs like three twenty five. Holy shit! So for them to be doing the same numbers or Luke to be deadlifting. You know, mid nines to a thousand right now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, and that's why I was pissed about that like four hundred kilo for reps like world record thing that looked like shit on ESPN because Luke like posted a training video that was like, Oh, here's four hundred for five. 
easy. Yeah, he would smoke <laughs> that shit. So, it's like don't don't bring that shit around here. If there's literally a dude who's not even at the top level yet, because he's so young and so new, um, that could do it. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I'll go with Luke then. I'll change my mind. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with Luke, but uh, it's more of a I hope that he is because I really want him to see break Thor's record because Thor stinks and this kid seems pretty cool. Well, I mean, let's be honest, no one's gonna pull 1100 if they're not super hot. Yeah, super hot. I think I think it's I think it's inevitable that he breaks it, especially Thor's uh, going a different direction. Probably not going to pull eleven hundred in his lifetime again. Um, cutting a lot of weight to do this boxing match. And I think he said that he's uh, not doing any more strongman after uh, Iceland strongest. Yeah, man he's just going to rake at Iceland strongest man, and then that. I know it's probably some contractual thing. Um. And I don't know. He probably won't pull 1100 again in his lifetime. So I think it's just sitting there. And Luke Richardson being 20-something years old still. Yeah. Let me see. That's some crazy potential. 20, oh, fucking Christ's sake. 23 years old. Holy shit. Right now. Um, Yeah. That's right there for him. I think he's probably can pull 1000 right now. And he hasn't even put on a deadlift suit yet. He might not. He He kind of is against equipped. Um, he's he's kind of vehemently against equipped, kind of like Brian Shaw refused to wear a deadlift suit. Um, where Eddie Hall and Thor didn't. I mean, it's kind of stupid. Just wear one. Um, but yeah, we'll see. If he does that shit without a suit on, I'm gonna fucking just keel over. That's gonna be unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, it should be exciting to see what the fuck he does, man. Because it's it's already insane. It's already mind blowing. All right, Bev. All right. Well, that ends uh, our little bonus. Who's pissing hotter? Who's on more grade A jet fuel? Who's pumping more oil? Yeah. Who's eating more candy? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the sweeter treats? Sweet treats. Something sweet? <laughs> yeah. So um, that does it for this week's pod. Next week, we're going to have a, a guest, uh, Blaine Sumner. And then the week after... Might be Bonica Brown. So. Might be. Let's say we we're boasting that she's going to be here in person. Um, Bonica has booked travel. Um, cases are low in Massachusetts. Um, cases are low in Nebraska. Uh, we're going to pick her up in the airport and just bring her to our house to train in our home gym. Um, so hopefully everything goes smooth. Yeah. Uh, you know, you never know in this day and age, but that's what we're banking on. Yeah. So. Looking forward to having some guests on the pod. Hopefully, um, we kept it interesting for you, even though there weren't wasn't too much to talk about. And hopefully, you enjoyed it. You won't let me talk about American records, but we'll do it another time. Well, I mean, we talk about records every week. Yeah, it's, but it's what we do. All right, fine. So no, we'll record. do it. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. I mean, it's hot now. I guess we can we can just briefly talk about. All right, it. fine. Well, we'll keep it short. But like, USAPL is letting people set American records at local events in 2020 since there are no national events and uh i'm just kind of pissed off well the right judges need to be there right national level judges need to be there yeah my whole thing about it is if you're competing in a local meet the odds are there's not other national level competitors there so like if you're either going for a deadlift or total world record or anything you don't have to keep in mind your competition for your attempts you can do whatever you want. So now you're trying to break records that were set at either 
IPF Worlds or USIPL Nationals, um, where the competition was deeper and yeah. you really off. have to earn those records because you either have to put your competition in the dust or hit a record in the midst of beating your competition in total. And so it's just never going to be the same. And, and that goes back to all the way to episode one where if there's other competitors there, it's harder to hit a record. Things have to line up more. And I'm not saying that these pe- obviously these people are capable of these lifts. But, I mean, if that's the case, you're capable of a lot of things in training too. But the reason why American records are so respected or national records or world records is because they were done against other competition at the same level. And so I'm not saying that one is stronger than the other. I'm saying the records that are sitting there right now in the record book that have been done in these competitions are now probably going to all be broken. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here, actually, Joe. Um, I know the USAPL actually used to have this um, situation where you could break a national record, yeah. uh, world uh, American record, rather, at a local meet. I remember uh, we set up that meet for Luis. And, uh, <laughs> he, he actually didn't get the record. Dude, so. I was, like, mad at him for doing this, though. So, Yeah, I'm just saying that, like, I, I think it's uh, defensible – because they did do it before in the extenuating circumstances. I'm not saying that it's necessarily the best thing, yeah. but I can understand. Well, that's a great story from. that we literally sanctioned a meet at Bay State before Luis turned 23. Oh, no, before Luis turned 20, so he can break a teen bench record, and then he bombed out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there was, like, a 10-person meet because a few other yeah. people were like, oh, I'll do the fucking meet. Yeah. And uh, so I was side-spotting with a cast on my arm and, that almost uh, got Luis's face crushed. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you know some some bullshit could happen where people are like sanctioning meets to break records. And I don't even. Like that. Yeah, or people are sanctioning meets, you, small you meets. Like you know, and there's no competition. That's my main thing. Is there's no competition? You know, like when Bonica is breaking the American deadlift record raw. There's also like. Um, Sarah Brenner there trying to break the same record and there's that cat and mouse game you know yeah. and, and that goes in every weight class but are, are people close to Bonica's total though no not total but deadlift no I'm just sure. sure there's and, American record deadlift stuff, yeah. bench yeah. bench yeah you know yeah. there's a 83 Jamar Royster who's probably can't beat Russ Orkey on total but he can fucking squat more than the American record if the conditions are right but if they're both in the same meet do you think Russ would chip him probably you know? Yeah. What if two meets happen on the same day and people think they're chipping the record? Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. That's the probably the worst thing that, that could happen. Mm. All right. I mean, at that You're point, what is anything? the rule anyway? Like, do you give it to the guy who's lighter, like, regardless of... <laughs> or are yeah. they going to be like, well, this top, guy did yeah. the squat at, you know, 9 a.m., and this guy did it at Whoever, did, whoever did it so, first? Yeah. I think you got to do know. whoever did it first, right? I hope it happens because there is no plan. So I hope it happens. But I mean, so then, <laughs> so then, what else do you do? You just say no, no records this year. Yeah. No records. No records. Yeah, you can only There's set no world na- records in your gym. That's yeah, it. I mean, we're already like, why? It's like we've already had everything taken from us. Like, why even give us a little crumb? Like, just let twenty twenty be twenty twenty. Yeah, it smells mad good in here. I think Luis is actually cooking us dinner. It's crazy. Well, Cassie's supervising. She's oh, supervising. shit. All right. Yeah. Well, fuck it. Fuck this pod. I'm hungry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for commenting. Thanks for liking. Thanks for reaching out to us to let us know if you liked it or what you liked about it or what you didn't like about it. Alex is going to put a um, a Google sheet up on his Instagram. Yeah, that's questions right. for Blaine. Yeah, if you want us to ask Blaine anything, it has to be fucking. It has to be good though. It has to be good. We're not going to make the air. I feel like Blaine. How many times a week do you bench? That's not getting asked. Yeah, so I'm going to put the link. I think it's like bitly. Uh, dot com slash spicy pl it's like b-i-t-l-y dot com slash spicy pl yeah i'm pretty we'll sure that's it what it is i'll but put I'll, it up too yeah we'll put it up if you want to ask questions for blaine or for us or you just have comments or even bonica it's basically like how to reach out to us outside of comments mm-hmm. or you could just dm us too you know there's always that so thanks for listening, everybody. Again, thanks uh, thanks for reaching out and giving us your feedback. And we'll see you next time. See you. Later. Sick pod. Sick pod.